Here we go. This is our final session of our end time study. Um, I guess I could have started with this, but we're going to end with it. What the Church of God believes, okay? So, here we go. Um, first off, just a, a real quick, not review really, but um, let me just state that the Church of God does not believe <clears throat> that there will be four horsemen, <laughs> literal or symbolic, that will show up at the end of time and um, execute judgment on the earth in the form of pestilence, if you remember what they were, uh, war, famine, or death. Um, we do not believe that there will be a rapture as what is popularly um, been taught. We do not believe that the rapture will come, nor will it be followed up by a seven-year tribulation period where an antichrist will rule. No such thing as the mark of the beast or 666 will be placed on foreheads or hands. Uh, no thousand year millennial reign here on earth. No final battle of Armageddon. What we believe is actually much simpler than that. Um, and so we're just going to break that down tonight. I'm going to stay simple tonight. Uh, we're going to look at a lot of scripture verses, okay, so get ready to, to turn with me. Um, but we're just going to go very simply what we believe. Uh, the first thing that the church of God believes will happen is simply Jesus' return, okay? The next great event to take place on the prophetic stage is when Jesus will split those eastern skies, and return on the clouds in the morning to claim his bride. Um, and it could happen at any time when we least expect it. Uh, the verses I want to look at, let's look at these real quick. All right. Uh, Acts 1, 9 through 11. Okay, let's look at this. I really haven't figured out how we're going to look up all the verses tonight whether we're going to break it down or what, but we might. Um, <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, 9 through 11. Okay. It says, Now when he had spoken these things, this is Jesus uh, getting ready to ascend to the Father. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as they went up, behold, two men stood before them in white apparel. Who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Notice it doesn't say anything about a rapture. Notice it doesn't say, I mean, that would be the place you think they would say it. Okay? It does not say he's going to come back, but after a secret snatching away of the church. No. It tells us that as Jesus left visibly and physically, he's going to come back physically and visibly as well. And 1 Thessalonians 4, let's turn over to that, 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. It says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. It's pretty plain what's going to happen. Jesus is returned. So we believe that it's the next event that's going to take place. Um, at that time, the next thing we'll talk about is the resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of the dead. Uh, there will be just one resurrection and not two or more. What do I mean by that? There are those who you know, believe in the rapture theory. Um, they believe that when Jesus comes back, all the dead in Christ will rise. And, but there will still be some who remain. Those who don't know Christ will remain, stay here for the seven-year tribulation. And then there will eventually be another resurrection of the dead after the seven-year tribulation and all of that. We do not believe that. There will be just one resurrection of the dead and no more. Let's look at these passages here, okay? Uh, John 6. John 6. All right, John 6, 39 and 40. Jesus is speaking his words here. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I shall lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Go over to Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24, verse 15. And I will read that if you want to write that down, but I have it here, Acts 24, 15. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead. Here it is. Both of the just and the unjust. Okay, so when Jesus returns, he will resurrect all of those who have died, both the righteous and the wicked. Uh, let's go to that one, Revelation 1 7. Revelation 1 7. Revelation 1, 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so. Amen. So, um, does anything stand out to you about that verse? Look at that verse again, and tell me what you think, in your own words, is going to happen with that. Let's read it again. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so. Any thoughts there? Yeah, yeah. And even those who did what? Yeah, even those who crucified him. Think about that. Those soldiers or those Jews that yelled up to Pilate, crucify him, crucify him on that day. 
Can you imagine? They are right now dead in the grave, but on that day they will be raised to, to life and they will see the one that they pierce coming in the clouds of glory. What, a, what an incredible moment that is. Powerful, powerful. One resurrection. It's all going to happen at the same time. Okay? And we just read, um, we don't have to read that again, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.16 talks about how the dead in Christ shall rise first. Some people say, well, that's a verse in 1 Thessalonians 4.16 that says there will be multiple uh, resurrection, resurrections if it says that the dead in Christ will rise first. That's not what that means. That merely states that those who are living here on earth are not going to precede those who have already gone on before. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then the rest of us will meet them in the air. There will not be multiple resurrections. It will just be one resurrection, okay? So those are some verses that apply to the resurrection of the dead, okay? So Jesus comes back in the clouds of glory. Uh, The resurrection of the dead, both the just and the unjust, um, all of mankind will be raised, and then at that time we believe what happens next is judgment, okay? Judgment. Let's look at these verses here. 2 Timothy 4 1. 2 Timothy 4 1. I'm going to just read these to kind of keep this moving. Um, but if you know, write these down if you want. 2 Timothy 4 1. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. It says, at his appearing, when is he going to appear? On the clouds of glory, all the verses that we just talked about. And when that happens, he will judge the living and the dead. Okay? He will judge everyone. Revelation 20, it's our next passage here. Revelation 20, 11 through 13. Read this. Then I saw a great white throne in him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for him. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. I think uh, Marion Shoup asked about this in our, one of our initial studies of end times. But it says, uh, And I saw the dead and small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his own works. Interesting things to point out here. Um, it says, and the books, plural, were opened. What were those books? Those are the books we can look at other passages in the Word of God. The books that contain the works of man. Um, the decisions that they made for Jesus Christ, how they worked for Jesus, or the decisions that they did not make for Christ. Okay, and, But then it talks about the book of life. If your name is in the book of life, then you have eternal life. And then it says, The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades. And if you remember, we've talked about this. When someone uh, does not know the Lord and they die, they go where? Hades. Not hell. Hades, okay? That's a whole other study, but it talks about uh, a place, Sheol, I believe, um, but it talks about Hades. Hell is the place that we'll talk about here in just a second. That, that is separate from Hades. Just like when a believer dies, they go paradise, to paradise. 
not our heavenly home. That's what Jesus said. I go to prepare a place for you. That's heaven, but we go to paradise, okay? We can talk about what is paradise like. I don't know, but the Apostle Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So wherever it is and whatever it is, it's going to be glorious, okay? So here, when Jesus returns, judgment will take place. The dead will not escape judgment at all. Am I going too fast? How are we doing? Any questions so far? Okay, um, I'm going to talk about something that um, there are some differing opinions on. I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I haven't done a ton of studying on this. I've heard both sides, but I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. Um, I want to talk about final rewards, okay, final rewards. Go to Revelation 22. Go to Revelation 22. I want you to see this with me. Um, here are the passages, those two passages there, okay? Okay, let me just ask it while you're turning there. Do you believe, again, this is not really going to affect your salvation, not going to be able to start a new church movement with it at all, but do you believe that there will be rewards in heaven? Yes, okay. What kind of rewards? Yeah, 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 okay, so have you thought much about this, Claire? Yeah, yeah, I've heard that line of thinking too. We're not going to receive any glory up in heaven, are we? Okay, let's read these verses and just kind of see Revelation 22:12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Interesting. Okay, Matthew 16. Let's go look at that. Matthew 16. Matthew 16:27 For the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he will reward each according to his works. Hmm. Interesting. It does sound as if there could be different rewards, right? In heaven. Um that's a line of thinking there. Maybe. Dalton, yeah. Yeah. You mean if you if you lead a little one to Christ? Okay. Yes. Like. Okay, let's look, let's look that up. Where's that at? Okay, he's talking about, uh, Jesus said, if you uh, cause one of these little ones to stumble, there will be a millstone. So let's look for that. Um, look for a keyword, stumble, millstone. Let's look at that, Dalton. Let 
Matthew 18. Wow, I'm practically there. Yikes. Um, all right, Matthew 18, verse 6. Let's see if everybody's there. Okay. Matthew 18, 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone, millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. I think that's what you're referring to, Dalton. I don't know that it refers to anything about rewards, but it does say, uh, watch out. Watch out. Yeah. Thank you. Ray Bolts. Yeah. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Yeah. You know... I'm going to give you the flip side of, of that. I have, I've also heard some people will say, um, what more of a, of a reward do you need than eternal life with Jesus? Is there anything else that would compare to that? Uh, the reward that is being referred to, as some might say, is just salvation. It's just eternal life. And the rewards could also be here in this life, too. Okay, for how you're you're smiling over there. What are you smiling about, huh? Well, that. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> there's a there's a line of thought there. Um, if you think, I mean, God is no respecter of persons, right? We know that. And so if he gave some people more gifts or more rewards in heaven, what might that cause people to do in heaven? Well, I want that mansion. Yeah, I mean, his mansion is bigger than my mansion. I, don't, I, don't, I want his mansion. We know that heaven is perfect. There will be no jealousies. There will be no bitterness. There will be nothing. It will be perfect. Now, I'm not saying there's not. I'm just giving you another side to think about it. Huh? Well, if I've done more good works, I don't want anybody around me. I want my own place. No, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dalton, were you going to say something? Yeah, Matthew 10, 41. Actually, there's probably been a lot of things that I've done. Okay. Hmm. Uh, obviously, that sounds like more like what you're referring to. What is it, Matthew 10 what? Well, first off, what I would need to do is read this chapter, get the context. What is Jesus trying to say here? Um, verse 40 he who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. So right there, I believe he's talking about, he's talking to the apostles and sending them out. Right? Yeah. 
It says, so he's getting ready to send them out, I believe, in twos. And I believe at the end of chapter 11 is where they, they come back and they're all jacked up and they're pretty excited because uh, they were able to do miracles. And demons were fleeing just because of the disciples. So Jesus is kind of preparing them for this going out by twos. And so he's trying to say, look, if you go into the city and if someone receives you, then you're, they're receiving me. Okay? He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Well, yeah, that's good. That's true. There could be probably be a couple of things here, Dalton. Uh, what she said would be one. A prophet, well, in this case, Jesus is the great prophet. He's the main prophet, although it doesn't capitalize the word P. Um, obvious, though, obviously, if someone, if there's a prophet that is speaking truth, whoever receives the word that they're speaking is going to receive that. So in this case, as the disciples go out, they're going to, they're going to uh, give the word of the gospel. They're going to give the word of Jesus Christ. And if they receive it, they're going to get the word of the prophet. They're going to get eternal life. They're going to get salvation. Okay? And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. What's a righteous man's reward? Heaven. Salvation. So all of a sudden, Dalton, we're kind of looking at, he, he's telling them, look, get ready. Whoever receives you is going to get heaven. They're going to get salvation. They're going to get Jesus Christ. They're going to get the kingdom of God. 42, and whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. I'm not sure what that means. I'd have to think about that a little bit. Could be. It says only, right? It says only a cup of cold water. Yeah, only a cup. I don't know. Good question. Maybe I'll look at that, Dalton. So, But I think we can kind of get the gist. If they receive you, disciples, and your message, then they're, they're going to receive me. They're going to receive salvation. They're going to receive the kingdom of God. Okay, go back to Matthew for, uh, chapter 20. I'm going to go back to this reward thing, okay? I don't want to beat this to death, but it's interesting, okay? So we believe, I mean, some believe that there's rewards in heaven. Some believe there are not. Okay, Matthew 20, 1 through... 16. All right, let's read this. Matthew 20. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Hmm. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also... Go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the first to the last. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. 
But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? (laughs) So the last will be first and the first will be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. So based on this passage, what does this tell us about rewards maybe in heaven? Praise God. What's a denarius worth? Is it a penny? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's just an interesting thought. The reward, whether it's all your life or one minute, is the same. And as I said, it is awesome. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, So every time the Bible talks about rewards, it never tells us what the different rewards might be in heaven. It doesn't. Okay. As I talked about, will some have bigger mansions, more gold, nicer things, etc.? Will some have more access to God and Jesus than others? I don't think so. Okay. Um, If this were the case, that could cause jealousies or bitterness, okay? However, even if there are varying rewards in heaven, no one's going to care. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be wonderful as it is. I just thought I would throw a little bit of controversy into our study tonight. I like to do that. I like to play the devil's advocate sometimes. Didn't really settle that, but just something to think about. Okay, here we go. So, Jesus returns. There will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the unjust. At that time, there will be judgment upon all of mankind. We talked about rewards. Number five. Whoops. We didn't talk about all this, did we? We didn't, did we? Um, Hold on. Back up. Okay, those, those are passages right there that talk about um, when Jesus does appear. There will, if you want to write those down, look them up. Just save it on time here. When Jesus does appear, there will be judgment, okay? And um, at the same time, and they will be divided. Um, he says, for those who have followed Jesus Christ, they will be put on what side? My, your, yeah. My right, which is also where who in the animal kingdom will sheep, okay? So the sheep will go on the right, okay? And the goats will go on the left, okay? And those are verses that say at that that time, he's going to separate them. No two resurrections. There's just one, one judgment. If you've accepted Christ, if you've lived for him, he'll say, go to my right and to the sheep and enter into the eternal life. If you haven't, You'll be with the goats, and you'll go into eternal punishment. That's judgment. Okay? All right. 
Um, at this time, there's been a lot of um, controversy with this, but at this time, there will be the destruction of the earth. Okay? Destruction of the earth. Let's do it this way. Okay? Um, I've got... Let's look these up individually. Someone look up Psalm 102, that verse. Raise, raise a hand. Let me. Who has that? Richard, you just scratched, so raise that. Raise, uh, look that up. S- Psalm... Psalm 102. Who has Matthew 24:35 for me? Thank you, Lori. And then 2 Peter 3 and those verses there. Thank you, Luis. That'll work. 2 Peter 3. Okay. Scripture plainly tells us that the world as we know it will be destroyed. When Jesus comes back, the world as we know it will be destroyed. It will pass away and it will be no more. Okay. Listen to these passages, Psalm 102, 25 through 26. Go, Mr. Swartz. In the beginning you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will, they will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. Okay, Matthew 24, 35. Okay, now that that's heaven and earth. He's he's you know, the earth that we live in. Okay, the heavens and the and the glory and the stars and the galaxies. They will all pass away. And Luis, those verses, please. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty plain. Okay, pretty plain there. Uh, these uh, talk about the time, uh, what will happen to the earth when Jesus returns. And if, if you go back and study that, that passage, notice that the destruction is reserved till the day of judgment. Uh, till the day of judgment. And it's a reference to the end of time. Okay, so here we are. The earth is going to be uh, destroyed. The earth and heavens will be destroyed. Let's talk about the destination of the wicked and the righteous. Okay, let's first talk about the wicked. All right. Uh, what would you say... I'm looking here. We don't have anything for kids other than youth, so I might go a little bit after eight if you don't mind, okay? Um, um, what would you say to someone if they said to you, God is a God of love, there's no way he's going to send bad people to hell? There's no way he's going to do that. I don't believe that. What would you say? Anybody else? Okay. Well, first off, God doesn't send anybody anywhere. They make that decision themselves. God has already set up the avenue and the way, the, uh, the narrow way and the wide and broad way. 
and people decide for themselves where they're going to go. Okay? God is indeed a God of love and grace and compassion and love. He is all of those things, patience, but that's not all that there is to God either. As Jeannie said, he's also a holy God. He's also a just God. He's a God who demands justice, and justice will require, uh, justice sometimes demands rewards and punishments as well. I want us to look at these verses. Let's uh, get uh, some people. Amos 3.2. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of time to find Amos. Can I get a volunteer for Amos 3.2? Anybody? <laughs> All right, I'll do Amos. Someone do Isaiah 13.11. All right. Okay. Um, Amos 3.2 says this. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Well, God, you're just a God of love. You're not going to punish anyone. No, I will punish you for all your iniquities talking about Israel's judgment from God. Isaiah 13, 11. Okay. Uh, those are just a couple of verses that declare God is a just God, and he has to judge, he has to pronounce judgment and um, uh, punishment where needed. Uh, let's look at this verse, Romans 11:22. We're 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 getting kind of close here. Romans 11:22. Someone have that when you want to read it. I don't want to be the only one talking here. Dalton, go, man. Mm, there's a lot in that verse, isn't there? Okay. So God will dish out punishment. He will dish out severity on those who have chosen not to follow Him. You know, you've heard parents, I think I talked about this recently, maybe we did. Um, parents have to punish their kids, and parents will say, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Heard that? Uh, sometimes it didn't hurt me at all. Um, <laughs> and other times my heart was kind of breaking because you don't want to, you know, you're not going to hurt your child, but you know what your child's getting ready to go through. Um, but this is one, this is one case I wonder when God has to pronounce judgment, I can't imagine what he's going to feel for those people that have chosen their way. Um, Psalm 136, you don't have to turn there, but Psalm 136 uh, multiple times uses the phrase, his mercy and his love endures forever. Some people would say, see, it endures forever. But his mercy and love endures for those who have chosen to follow him. That's what that verse is talking about. Those who have uh, chosen to follow him and love him. Let's look at a couple more. Matthew twenty-five thirty. Someone look that up for me. Get a volunteer. 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 Matthew twenty-five thirty. 
2530. All right. Thank you, Debbie. And uh, 1349 through 50. Someone want to do that for me? Matthew 1349 through 50. Thank you, Claire. Yes, Matthew 25, Um, if you're looking at Matthew 25, uh, remember, um, who, is, who is hell prepared for? I told you this earlier. Yeah, was it prepared for us? No, it was prepared for uh, Satan and his angels. Matthew 25:41 says, Then he will also t- say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared... For the devil and his angels. So while hell was not prepared for man originally, those who do not accept Christ and follow him but serve Satan, they will share in Satan's same fate. Um, Psalm 9. Oh, let me throw that out there. Oh, I just told you that. Okay. Um, no, hold on. Not that yet. Psalm 9.17 says what? Let me read that real quick for you. Psalm 9.17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Wow. God help us. God help us. Um, and speaking of uh, the damned, it is going to be everlasting. Back to Matthew 25.46. It says, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. You know what this ought to make us do tonight, folks? It ought to make us do two things. Brock included. Man, just make sure you're serving the Lord. Make sure you're serving Jesus Christ. Make sure you're loving him like you've never loved him before so that you are ready for that day. But it should also give us a burden for those who don't know the Lord for those who aren't ready for this time that we're talking about. And then, lastly with this, there will be eternal separation from God. Isaiah, uh, someone look 2 Thessalonians 1.9 up for me, and I'll go to the other one. Second Th- okay, thank you, Phyllis. Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. So, when there is sin in our life, it separates us from God, and that sin will separate us eternally from the Lord in eternity. Second Thessalonians 1.9 
And it says, from the presence of the Lord, if you didn't catch that. All right, and lastly, what happens with the righteous? Let's kind of end on a positive note. Uh, Believers, okay, so after the judgment, okay, so Jesus comes back. There's a resurrection of both the righteous and the unrighteous, okay? Um, The earth will be destroyed, will be ushered unto judgment, okay? And once judgment is pronounced, we will be taken to our eternal home, okay? Let's look at these verses. 1 Peter 2.11, someone have that for me? 1 Peter 2.11, we're winding down here, winding up. Thank you, Lori. Philippians 3.20, Philippians 3.20. Chuck, I just saw you raise your hand. Philippians 3.20, okay? All right, so uh, 1 Peter 2.11. Okay, basically, I just want you to, to, to see that we are sojourners. We're pilgrims. We're, we ultimately, folks, don't have a home here on earth. That, that, that's what that's trying to say. Chuck, you have Philippians 3.20? Did you hear me say that? No, he didn't hear me say that. All right, hold on. Thank you. Yes. Praise the Lord. So we're not living for this earth. We're all sojourners. We're all pilgrims. We're citizens of the kingdom of God, but we're also citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Praise the Lord. First, Second Corinthians 5.1. Whoever gets there can read it. Got it. I love this here. Love this. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's a great one there, folks. A great one there. Uh, two more. First Peter 1, 3, and 4. First Peter 1, 3, and 4. Whoever has that, say me. Uh, I think Phyllis said it first. All right, you get the reward afterwards, Phyllis. All right, 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4, go. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So the things here on earth will rust and decay and will not last. But our home for the righteous, there won't be anything that will corrupt, that will fade, and it will all be incorruptible. And ultimately, where do the righteous go? Jesus said in John 14, 1 through 3, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Folks, that's what the church of God believes about the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's about as simple as that. Okay? So when Christ comes back, which could be at any time, the dead in Christ will rise first. The heavens and the earth will be destroyed. 
and all of mankind. Think about that. When he comes back, all of mankind, every single person who has ever lived, all of the great leaders and the famous people that we study in the books, and everyone who is living today and everyone who has yet to live will stand before the throne. And they will see the books open and look to see the, in, in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I just wonder if they're going to be, this thought just hit me, they know that the Lamb's Book of Life is going to be open and it's going to, perhaps it's going to be up here and they're going to try and be, is my, is my name there? Is my name there? You know, God, do you see my name there? Hoping and praying that their name is there. Those who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior have lived for him and have lived for him in this life will be ushered to the right hand of God and into their eternal homes. Those who did not be ushered and those who did not will be ushered into hell left into their eternal punishment. Yes. I'm sorry, what? Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know, my name is there. So I know uh, many of the, many in the Amish communities, they do not believe that you can know for sure. We do believe that we can know for sure. Um, but perhaps maybe my illustration was for those who don't really know. They think they know. Could be... Um, yeah, Jesus, I mean, those people have said, um, but Jesus, look at all the things that we did for you in your name. And he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Could be those. Ah, ah, great, great point. Yeah, we believe the books talked about in Revelation. There's the book singular of life and then it talks about books plural could be referring to we believe the 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 works that were done here on earth they might they might be going to that book first what are all the works what are all the good deeds that i did let's turn to my page in this book and jesus say wait a minute this is the book you really need to be worried about you know and it's not our works but they're going to be thinking it's their works Ooh, well that'll preach won't it um yeah go ahead no yeah I don't know. But it does say books. What is it, Revelation 20 or Revelation 22? <laughs> yeah, and I small, I, I small. I saw, this is Revelation 20:12, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, plural. That could be the books that we're talking about. By the things which were written in the books. The dead were judged, Okay. All right, so you can, all right, and then it says, The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. I guess we could just kind of stay there and just go, Ooh, what is what does all that mean? The main thing is, here's your name in the book. Is it in the book of life?
week and joint having with the general, okay? Because then we're not learning, you know, we're already good, you know, ready to delve into the goodness. I've never had that thought. But I'll say this, the, 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 the passage we read, I believe in Matthew 20, where it talked about it's the same pay no matter how long you worked, could kind of apply to that. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we want to learn and we want to grow and we want to serve the Lord here in this earth as much as we can, not so that we can enjoy heaven more, but because we can enjoy life here more. There's, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundant. I believe that life more abundant is the life here that we're living. Okay? It, it's going to be wonderful up in heaven, but he wants our life here on earth to be abundant. So I don't know that I would concur with whoever said that. Yeah. It's, it's, whether you work for a day or a whole day or one hour, the, the pay is the same. You're going to enjoy it just as much. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> Okay, re- rephrase your question. You're talking. It, it could. I, like I said, we'd have to dive into that. The sea gave up the dead. It's dead. I believe that was referring to everyone who had passed away, who has died. I believe it was everyone who, who, had, who had not accepted the Lord because it said it gave up those Hades. So Hades would, in, would mean those who died without knowing the Lord. Now, why, why there would need to be a book of works there, I'm not sure. You know, we'll, one day we'll find out. I don't know. It's got to be, remember, obviously with Revelation being symbolic, it can't be the actual sea, can't be the actual water. I think, I think uh, sea would be an expression of what? Think about the sea. Vast. It's the vast expanse. And that, God help us, it kind of goes along with Jesus said, uh, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many enter in that way. So broad is the way. The sea is vast. It's expanse. That tells you there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to make it. God help us. I, I, I'm going to end with this. Love it. Good, good questions. Good talk. Uh, that's my initial. I think it kind of makes sense. You know, it's more symbolic of just how vast that number is going to be. Um, some of you may have heard this before. I may have preached about this. But the question is, are you ready? Are we ready? Um, there was a man who dreamed, in his dream, he dreamed that he died and he went to hell. And it was indeed a place of horrible punishment and torment. And there he suffered long, um, he suffered long. But then in his dream, he was suddenly thrust back to his living room where he lived here on earth. Um, with... Uh, he was in his living room watching TV, and playing on the TV was one of those Billy Graham crusades. 
and he watched the entire program. Then Billy Graham came to what at the end? Came to the invitation that he always does just as I am. Okay, That time whenever they sing just as I am, and at the end he uh, invites everyone to come and accept Jesus Christ. And many times Billy Graham will just say the sinner's prayer right there. Um, the man knew the part well because throughout his entire life he had watched several of these crusades, crusades, but he never prayed the prayer. In real life, he would scoff at the evangelist and make fun of him. But now in his dream, he knew that he had another chance as he watched the same scene unfold. And just as the man began to bow his head and say the sinner's prayer, he was whisked off to hell again into terrible torment. And in his dream, this scene played over and over and over. Never could the man say the sinner's prayer because just as he was there, he was thrust back to hell. You can imagine just the torment. And uh, bottom line is be ready, be ready. As I preached on Sunday, don't look, Jenna, as what's just in front of you. Look way down there. Look far down the road. Make sure you're prepared. You're preparing yourself for eternity and those things that are far down there. So, um, yeah, what an illustration. I'd heard that before. Okay, I'm going to sign off with this, and then we're going to pray.